We've got a Brandon Ingram injury update. I'll tell you how long he might be out for. And we try and make sense of what happened to the Pelicans in their loss to the Memphis Grizzlies because things have been building to this for a little bit. And no, Anthony Davis does not deserve a tribute video. It's a Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, recovering from the Thanksgiving holiday. I was a little too sad after that Memphis loss to do a game uh, to do a show, but we're going to break it down in today's episode. We're going to look at the offense, the defense, and have a Brandon Ingram injury update for you. And then Anthony Davis, who you know, no no friends here really left in New Orleans. Just a comment that shows zero self awareness. We're going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No one else coming to you like this Monday through Friday, except if it's a holiday week. Um, and we still have the show on Thanksgiving. So please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. And of course, comment down below on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. So let's get right into the Brandon Ingram injury. That game against the Memphis Grizzlies wasn't bad enough, and it was pretty bad, 132-111. And we'll get into the offense, the defense here in a second. The cherry on the the crap cake, I guess, would be what it is. It's not something you want to eat at Thanksgiving. I hope you don't have leftovers of that. Was Brandon Ingram injuring his left big toe, hitting the back of a player who's bringing the ball up the court, really couldn't looked to be on it, left the game, did not return, and that was no real surprise. The good news is head coach Willie Green said there's no structural damage on the imaging that they did. They're calling it a contusion slash sprain, and they're listing him officially as day-to-day. I take it that means the sprain, the contusion, isn't that bad because this is a type of injury that can linger. The Pelicans played the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. There was no Desmond Bain in that game for the Grizz, who's out with... A big toe spring. His is a grade two. We don't know what grade Brandon Ingram's is. I guess it's not as bad as that if they're not listing at that, but different medical staffs and different teams might kind of list things differently. But they have him listed out as two to three weeks and then he'll be reevaluated. When you think about it with all the running you do, pushing off of that big toe of yours on either foot. It's kind of tough to do in the NBA. It's like turf toe in the NFL. And those guys, especially running backs and others who use their feet like that, are out sometimes for a significant time. That can be a pretty debilitating injury and is very, very painful. So I don't know what the exact time frame is going to be for Brandon Ingram uh, with him being out. But it could go as long as that, and hopefully it's going to be sooner rather than later, as they're still going to be without C.J. McCollum in this game tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So you're down two of your big three. Should be the Zion show, hopefully. Point Zion. We've seen it against the Clippers. We've seen it against the Rockets and at other times, too, and it works. 
And the Pelicans could have used more of that in their loss to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, no C.J. McCollum in this one, but let's start with the offense and look at it. 111 points in this, but the offense was bad. This was probably one of their worst offensive displays that we've seen this year. And the starters, which included Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, really struggled they had an off shooting night. They didn't have the right intensity, but you also saw very predictable offense that made it easy for the Memphis Grizzlies to defend. Zion Williamson in this one was a minus 32 on the night. All of the starters other than B.I. because he left early were minus 20 plus. That's pretty rough. Jose Alvarado starting in the backcourt again. That's good. We've seen him organized the offense pretty well, but could not get anything going here. And you saw some of his limitations with the larger Memphis Grizzlies and what they wanted to really try and do. But at no point should this offense be bad enough that their offensive rating for the starters is below a 70. And that's what it was in this. And you would have hoped that on a night when the defense wasn't going, and they were going to lose this game from the first quarter on, you could see it when they were outscored 44-25, and the defense couldn't stop anything. And we'll look into that in the next segment, because I called that defense a bend but don't break the other day. It certainly broke, and I can explain why coming up. You know, in the second quarter, when Memphis finally got a little bit cold and started missing some of their threes, and they only scored 24 points, New Orleans didn't outscore them. In a game that... You needed to come back and try and win. You, you scored 23 points in the second quarter. That kind of tells you how out of sync and how bad the offense was. Zion post-ups, which are easier to defend than him from the top of the three-point line. And when I and others nitpick, you could say, about the offense, talk about the offense, even though it has a good ranking, this is why. There's times when against good teams, it's going to be easier to defend, even if against bad teams you're beating up. And I think the Pelicans' ratings... Offense, defense, and net rating, one minus the other, you know, is is propped up a little bit by some of these really lopsided wins against some bad teams that they've played, especially recently. So when you go up against a good team, you struggle. And that's where you need your offense to actually be a top 10, top 5, and why we recommend changes and try and provide that insight of what the Pelicans can do differently, because their offense ground to a halt in this one. You can't have that. Willie Green said after the game, you know, he's like, look, we, we got beat. You know, they came out and were just better than us. They played with more intensity. It's all kind of cliches, right? And he's like, that starts with me. It also starts with you in terms of scheme and other things too and what you're kind of instructing the players to do. And look, you don't call plays on a possession basis like you do in the NFL. You'll know when a coach is doing that because the point guard or guys with the ball will look back and they'll kind of look back at the coach. And if you see that a lot, that's actually the sign of a player that doesn't have maybe tons of basketball IQ or things are going wrong. You actually used to see Austin Rivers do that all the time with Monty Williams. You don't want your point guard looking back or the guy bringing the ball back to learn what to do. They should kind of know what their actions are, the sets they want to run and kind of get on into it and what they like to try and do and kind of what's your first priority, your second, your third and do those sorts of things. So it's on the coach to kind of instruct the players on what kind of the hierarchy is, what we're trying to do. This is what we want to do. This is what's going to make us successful. So go out and do it. You did not see that offensively, right? It was a lot of ISO ball, which is not what the Pelicans are great at. You saw Zion on the post up, which is, which works, but he's better used elsewhere. And that's part of the reason why you saw this offense just grind to a halt. No, CJ certainly hurts to not keep the defense honest, but 
frankly, there's enough offense here that you have survived that in the past and you should have been able to survive it in this one. But Zion getting 14 points on 12 shots, that's not good. And when he's double teamed all the time and you're still only taking 31 threes, that is a sign, or just 31 threes, that's a sign of an offense that needs to evolve a little bit and adjust and did not do that in this game. It should have been more Zion driving from the three-point line down, kicking out to open shooters. Generate more three-point shots. Keep that defense honest. And instead, they didn't do any of that, and it made them very easy to defend. So while they're still a good offense, at times, not so much. And in this one, not so much. And that's where we look for what the team can do better. Because this one, stink job. You couldn't even win one quarter. You didn't win one quarter. And in a quarter, you know, when you had that second quarter, where or sorry, they did win one quarter, the fourth quarter when the game was over. To not make up any ground in that second quarter because you only scored 23 points, that's not going to do it. The defense and, well, the Grizzlies helped by only scoring 24. That's your time to make up ground from that disastrous 19-point hole you put yourself in after the first. If you can't do that, you didn't deserve to win the game. They didn't. And that's how you end up in this situation where we're kind of deconstructing a bad loss, which, look, happens. Anomalies happen. Hot shooting happens. And let's look at that with the defense coming up. Because was it a bad defensive performance? What really went wrong to allow the Grizzlies to go out and score 123 points? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for a family road trip, get a classic like I would do, or a luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday, or try out a new car, whether it's an electric car, a hybrid, Maybe something a little bit bigger to see if it fits your everyday life. Many Turo hosts hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. T-U-R-O dot com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all like no one else is coming to you, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. I got some things to say, by the way, about Anthony Davis in the third segment of today's show because, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you see it on my face, just some of the most ridiculous comments that he could have possibly made and all of that. So we'll we'll talk about that in a tribute video here and Anthony Davis in the third segment. But I want to look at the defense here coming up. But before we do that, of course, make to, uh, your second listen. After making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen, Lockdown Sports today from the games that matter to the most uh, and the most biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today available on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so the Pelicans struggled, you could say, in their game against the Memphis Grizzlies, right? There was some travel involved with that before, but they should not have looked this bad, especially offensively. That needs to change, and it does need to be more consistent. For the amount of offensive talent that they have out there, that just doesn't work, and we looked at that in the first segment. But the defense, which has been ranked highly this year, top 10, really didn't perform against the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, which are not an amazing three-point shooting team, look like one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. 
18 for 38, that is 47.4%. And last week, I talked about this Pelicans defense being bend but don't break. They give up some shots that you don't want to give up, but they contest them really well at the very least, which is forcing opponents to actually miss. It's kind of an effort thing for this team. You didn't see that in this game. And this is when the defense just breaks. There's a little bit of a risk-reward factor to this. They give up a lot of three-pointers. When you do that, if teams are making them, you're going to get buried, and this Pelicans team, which doesn't like to shoot a lot of threes, is going to lose. What I mean by bend but don't break. That happened in this one. That happened big time in this one. You saw a lot of the flaws of the defense on display. If they're not going to come out and compete at the highest level, I don't know if the strategy fully works. You can't give up open three-point looks like they were doing and expect teams not to make them. 47.4%. Dylan Brooks, 4 of 9. Jaron Jackson Jr., 2 of 3. John Conchar, 3 of 5. John Morant, 2 of 6. David Roddy, uh, 2 of 5. Tyus Jones, 3 of 5. You have all of these guys making their three-point shots, which is just not what New Orleans can allow, and most of them weren't contested. These were easy warm-up looks for the Memphis Grizzlies. Bend but don't break, but you broke in this one. And it's also aided in part by Steven Adams just doing whatever he wanted down low to Jonas Valanciunas. This was not Valanciunas' best game. He really struggled in this one and really couldn't be played. He played 17 minutes minus 21 on the night. Steven Adams was 7 of 10 with 11 rebounds for 15 total points. Just didn't have to work at all for these easy buckets. Now, Steven Adams, for some reason in his career, even when he was here in New Orleans, has feasted against Valanciunas. That is a matchup that he has traditionally done well with. But it also shows you some of his, you know, Valanciunas' limitations. I've said they need another defensive kind of rim protector. I think Jonas is a slightly underrated defensive big man. But it shows you why you need to look at a guy like Nerlens Noel coming back from injury so you don't need to make that move right now, or someone who can really defend down low and be more of a rim protector. It also kind of, this game's kind of an encapsulation of that, right? You had John Morant that was playing one-on-one most of the time and pretty much torched the Pelicans and just did what he wanted. 23 points on 8 of 16 shooting. It was easy for him. He would have had more if he wasn't just 5 of 10 at the free throw line. He was getting fouled because the Pelicans left him one-on-one and there was nothing anyone can do. You know, it's almost like they're trying to funnel him into a rim protector that didn't exist. You need someone like that, I think, to help you in these kind of matchups to really slow down the opposition. There was just no making the Memphis Grizzlies uncomfortable whatsoever in this game, like New Orleans usually does. They didn't force a lot of turnovers because these were easy shots and they were long closeouts. Just 14, they couldn't get out and run in transition because of that, and their offense ground down to a halt. These two things are connected. And this is probably what's holding New Orleans back from really being a very significant contender in a wide-open Western Conference. You've seen the standings by now. You know how close New Orleans is to the top. You want to be at the top. This is a game you do have to win. And look, bad games happen. Bad games happen. Sometimes you just come out and don't have it. But we've said that a couple of times so far against uh, about New Orleans this year. The Portland Trailblazers game is one of them. The Indiana Pacers game is one of them, too. That's starting to become a little bit of a theme. Little bit of a theme. I don't know if we're there yet where this is indicative of the Pelicans at large. But it's come up a couple of times. 
the offense stops, the defense isn't doing it, and everything's out of sync, and you end up losing a game that you shouldn't have lost or get blown out in a game that should have at least been close. So to go away with what they did appeal coverage against John Morant a couple games ago was kind of surprising. They did it a little bit, but not nearly as effective in this one. And New Orleans needs to kind of figure that out because you do need to win these games. And it was just kind of a failing everywhere. They need those easy transition points because the offense isn't great in the half court. They're great in transition, and that really buoys up those numbers a little bit. They need to start to figure that out and decide what they want to be and what their identity is going to be, both offensively and defensively. And if it is how they've been playing defensively, you got to commit to that and actually try on that end. Otherwise, your defense is going to break instead of just bending a whole lot more often than not. But we can kind of junk the film of this game. You don't need to dwell on it too much. And the Pelicans get a chance to rebound tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm excited to be in the Smoothie King Center uh, and, and see this team against another really good guard in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And we'll see what he brings and what the Pelicans have in store if they're ready for that. And to kind of move on from this game. They had practice the other day. Hopefully they work through some things and come out feeling refreshed and looking like a different team. One thing that's not going to be different is the Pelicans fan base's hatred of Anthony Davis after his latest comments. If you didn't hear him, I'll let you know what they were coming up here next and and why he is so wrong on what he said. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take Luka Doncic to score more than 26.5 points? You can do it. Zion against the Thunder tonight to have more than 25.5 points? You can pick that. Shea Gilgis Alexander to have less than 25 and a half. You can pick that one too. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And I love it because it's so simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize pick projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part, you're not competing against any other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You don't want to go up against professional gamblers, you will lose. But you know whether a guy's going to go above or below, more or less, than a number that's just laid out right in front of you. There's no tricks. You're competing against those numbers. You're a smart sports fan. You know what's going on. And Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. NBA, NFL, big college games roll wave this weekend. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. They also offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks can give you $100. You deposit $50, they will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. You want to support the show, number one thing you can do, leave a comment down below on YouTube. Now for your second listen, Locked On Sports today. There's a lot of sports going on with big college games, the World Cup, You've got the NFL starting to get into its stretch run. Find out all the biggest stories across all sports in one spot. Locked on Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So we got to talk about Anthony Davis. And this just gives me an excuse to kind of yell about him and rant about him in a way that I hope you'll like. I'm sure there's going to be some Lakers fans finding this video, leaving some comments down below, which, hey, whatever. Thanks for the free comments, guys. 
Anthony Davis, talk about a dude who, who with just no self-awareness, who's never had really, it seems like, any self-awareness. After the Pelicans played the Spurs, you have Keldon Johnson, or is it Lonnie Walker, who's on the Lakers? I forget. I don't know their whole roster because they're not particularly good, though they're looking a little bit better right now. I'll find out. It was Lonnie Walker left from the Spurs to go to the Lakers, and they played a tribute video for him in San Antonio, which is also a little weird given he only played four years there. In his time in San Antonio, he averaged 9.4 points per game. Not a particularly great player. Started some games, didn't start a ton of games. For him, played 208 games, started 56, like about a quarter of the time. Tribute video for that guy is a little strange. Now, I didn't see the actual Anthony Davis quotes, and I had a feeling maybe these were fake, but then I realized this dude has no self-awareness and wouldn't shock me if he said something like this. Basically said like, yeah, I wish New Orleans would give me a tribute video. It was cool they did it for Lonnie Walker. You know, I wished I would get one of those in New Orleans. And to that, I say, what the hell, man? What, what the hell? It's just, it's the clue, the flames coming out the side of my face meme that to hear something like that, does this dude not realize what he did on his way out? And before we get to that part of it, right? He's one of the two, three best players in franchise history. There is no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. You could argue it's Chris Paul above him. You could argue it's him. I have no problem with either side of that argument in terms of on-court play. Chris Paul requested out too, but guess what? He said, I want to trade, and then he was quiet. And when a trade that he was involved in was rescinded, he showed back up and went to training camp. It was awkward, but he did it because the dude's a professional. When Anthony Davis requested a trade, and everyone originally understood, I remember someone, and if it's you, comment down below, mentioned or sent me a video of them about to like burn the jersey there of Anthony Davis after the trade request came out, and then we're like, ah, oh, no, we're kidding, we're sorry, Dell Demps completely failed you. I do not think very highly of the Dell Demps tenure here. And everyone kind of understood this is generational talent and they just traded away their draft picks for bad players, signed big time centers for a lot of money that clogged the salary cap, Eric Gordon, all those things, right? They kind of failed Anthony Davis, I think. So people understood right away, right off the bat. And then Anthony Davis did everything he could to force a trade to the Lakers right away and kind of take shots at this fan base and this city. And it wasn't a good look and things turned on him and rightfully so. The that's all folks t-shirt thing at the end was ridiculous. And for him to be like, oh, I don't, I don't choose what I wear. Someone lays it out as if he's not a human. I, I mean, just have some self-awareness for what's going on and handle this better than you did. He tried to strong arm his way out and it didn't work because he had no leverage to do so. So no, when you burn bridges like that, which is what he did, it doesn't work. It happens in anything. There's people I don't support in media because of the way they've treated me in the past. So no, you're not going to expect that from uh, this fan base. And to expect that from this fan base and from this franchise is freaking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Maybe one day there can be a tribute video for him. I don't have a problem with that. Right now, while you're still an active player on the team they traded you to, not a chance. To his credit, somewhat, he's just been quiet ever since. He doesn't take shots at New Orleans or anything like that anymore. Ryan Anderson took shots at the organization after he left. He hasn't, you know, Anthony Davis really hasn't done anything quite like that. He got what he wanted. He won a title. And you know what? I said at the time, good for him. He got what he wanted. He was a great player that this franchise did fail. But you didn't need to do it the way you did, dude. 
and you expect people to love you after that, it's wrong. You, you got to choose your team and force your way there or be loved in a city. And he chose another way, and that's his decision. There's no problem with that. But don't expect a tribute video. You don't deserve one. Not yet. Maybe in the future. Let me know in the comments down below. Do you think Anthony Davis should get one in the future? Maybe after he's retired more years? Or do you think just the way he handled that? Forever done. And I don't have a problem with that either. I think that's fine. It's just to expect one now after what you did and not have any comment for that. And we're not even talking about the Instagram things. Like, oh, I'll put an Instagram thing out and never did, right? And I don't care that he doesn't. Who, who cares about an Instagram post? We knew how he felt about the city, the team, and wanting out. You don't need an Instagram post. He wanted out for a little while. We knew that too. He waited till he could actually pull that off and it still didn't work. Doesn't work that way, man. It just doesn't. And to think that it should or does no self-awareness for Anthony Davis blows my mind the way he thinks and to come out and say something like that. If that was actually a thing, I don't, I, I didn't watch it to give me an excuse to, to do this segment here. So let me know. Do you think he should ever get a tribute video? Just such a dumb freaking thing. Like, come on, man. Oh, okay. We're going to wrap up Locked On Pelicans there. So thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to hopefully recap the Pelicans' win over the Oklahoma City Thunder.